0: All right, everybody, welcome to the Locked On Avalanche podcast. And something that you are going to be hearing, you've been hearing it, and you are going to be hearing it for the duration of this season until something gets done with Devon Taves. What do the Avalanche do here? It was a question we got on Instagram. We'll give our best guesses. New episode of Locked On Avalanche coming at
1: you. Your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every
0: day. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of Locked On Avalanche. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Chris Maselli, with me as always, Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. Thank you for tuning in and making this your first listen of the day. Always appreciated. Make sure to follow us on social media, LOPN underscore avalanche on Twitter X. Uh, Follow us on uh, Instagram locked on avalanche over there, as well as threads, Uh, questions, comments, concerns, and opinions locked on avalanche at gmail.com and follow us over on our YouTube channel. Subscribe, get notified when a new show goes live and definitely subscribe to our subtext link to that is in the show notes below. Subscribe, chat with Kyle and I one-on-one, and get your questions answered like you will in today's episode, along with some Instagram questions right over there, <clears throat> that Kyle is Vanna Whiting once again for us on our YouTube channel. You do that so eloquently, sir. It's a skill. Yeah, and and you have, like, the you know, the attire that you're wearing, it matches, like Vanna White stuff. I mean, it doesn't match. It's on the level
1: of Vanna White stuff. I, I do my best. I do my best. (laughs)
0: You you, you have a a good closet, I have to say. Um, All right. We will get to some of these questions. Always good questions. Um, I think a lot of people are concerned with the avalanche window closing. So we'll kind of discuss that. We got a really good question on if Miko Rantanen is the reason why uh, Nathan McKinnon always looks so good out on the ice. Um, But before we get to anything, we just wanted to follow up on the Kovalenko story because we, we heard over the weekend he should be signing soon. We didn't know what soon was. Uh, soon was apparently yesterday because uh, he signed a two-year deal. It's less than 900000 AAV. Where would it go on uh, Cat Friendly? $896,250,000 to be exact. So he is he got a two year deal, which in a sense is really just going to be like a one year and a few month deal because he's not coming over here until that season in the KJL is over. Um, But you knew it wasn't going to be that much money. And I think it's 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 less about the the money and like the term right now than it is like kind of the excitement for this guy, because it's going to be at a pretty fever pitch when he eventually does make his debut over here later in the season.
1: Yeah. All you keep hearing about is his potential. The, the similarities between him and Kirill Kaprizov. Like, mm-hmm. This is what the avalanche need. Could you imagine him on the third line I or, get second. It. Or, or the second. second? Yeah. Just give him the team at the, <laughs> like, yeah, move over Joe Sackett, Chris McFarlane, Just put him as the owner. Um, it's there's a lot of hype around him. I, I would have honestly enjoyed a three year, like just a little bit more time because, like you mentioned, he's on loan, so you're getting him for a year and a trial period. Yeah, and with all this hype, you want a little bit more time because, like you mentioned, it's eight hundred ninety six thousand in like three Pokemon cards right now. Yeah, it's it's not that much, but when it comes to potential, you don't want to overpay or underpay on just a season.
0: Well, and then when, when that's up, he's still restricted, restricted, you know. So, and and I, man, he'd really have to take off like like uh, yeah. off to really, you know, demand a ton of money after a, a one and two or three month you know, showing that, that he's going to give you. So, but you cross that bridge when you come to it. And I think right now, I think they're just looking at, Hey, we got him for a couple of years under contract under this number. Let's see what he can do. Uh, But the, the expectations are sky high. And if, you know, there's not many avalanche players who have really come in and just, you know, taken an opportunity to run with it with the exception of guys like Kale McCarr, Who did that? You know, when he came in in the playoffs against Calgary, goal in his first shift, and away he goes. That doesn't happen. I'm not expecting that from Kovalenko, but I think you know the the expectation from a lot of people. Just what he's been doing is it's it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility to come in and make an impact. That's more of what I want to see. He doesn't need to be the guy who's carrying this team. Clearly. But I don't want him to be the guy that comes in and he's only getting, you know, five six minutes a night. That might happen in the beginning just to get acclimated. But um, I want him to be the guy that that is putting in some something. You know that they're they're getting something out of his play. He's just not out there to be a body.
1: So yeah, I like that you mentioned the Kale McCarr thing because that was a lot of hype coming in, and he matched it, and he's been a legend ever since. And it's been but we also ever heard ever, the yeah. same hype for Alex Newhook.
0: Um, not that you would you expected that coming in from Alex Newhook, but you expected him to do better than he did. Yes, you were expecting
1: like, like, look at what he's doing. I can't wait till he joins the Avs. This is exactly what you want. Yeah, and then nothing, nothing. So now you're you're on both sides of that. So I could understand both camps, but I'm excited that he's a member of the Avalanche.
0: Yeah, and it's going to be an exciting time when he does make his debut, whenever that may be. Uh, one guy that currently is on the Avs that everybody loves, um, and that's Devon Taves. And, and you're just going to be hearing it. I mean, we, we've talked about it a couple times. Um, it, it's going to be a talking point, kind of like one of the off-the-ice type of things that you're going to hear about until it gets settled. And that's his – his not his current contract, his next contract. Mm-hmm. He's, this season is the last uh, year on his deal, which is one of the best – value contracts in the league. I said when Kale McCarr's new contract kicked in and his old contract went away, which was the best value contract in the league, I think unquestionably, uh, you can make the argument that Devon Taves took that title over. So now he's, he's making 4.1. He's going to get a bump, a pretty significant bump after this year, the avalanche could extend him now. Um, Um, that's still in, I guess it's still in the realm of possibility if you want to do that and be over the cap for next year before that cap even kicks in and then make some deals to get underneath the cap, knowing what his number is going to be. There's so many different directions this could go in right now. And, we, you know, we did get a question, uh, Trevor Savage O2, and he just said, should the Avs trade Taser uh, while he's under contract instead of losing him next year? That's the way of sports now is if you can't if you don't feel like you're going to sign a guy, you don't just let him walk. Uh, You get something for him in return. Doesn't always happen. And for the Avalanche, I don't know if they do that because they're in, you know, the, the winning Stanley Cup business right now. So if you trade a Devontae somewhere, like say at the trade deadline, you get worse. And, and, and you hinder your chances of go win, going to win that cup. If the season is not going the way that you want it to go, <clears throat> if you're fighting for a playoff spot, maybe you do it then. If you really think, of, hey, even if we just like scratch and claw to get that last wild card spot, we're scratching and clawing to get that last wild card spot. We're not really – we don't think we're going to carry it over into the, the postseason even though anything can happen in the post it's different in hockey, then they have to ask themselves that question. Do we make a go for it? I mean, if they're at the top of the standings, they're not going to get rid of him. He, he is a, such an integral part of this team, and he will be for going after that cup. And then you just deal with it in the offseason. You, you try to bring him back, and if you can't, you, then that's the card you played. And it's kind of similar to a JT Confer thing. Like they, they could have traded JT Confer because I kind of feel like deep down they didn't think they were going to be able to sign him. Yeah, uh, but they held on to him, made a run for it, and now he's gone. Uh, Devon Taves is a, a little bit bigger fish than JT Confer is, but I think you kind of treat it the same way.
1: What do you think? I think you will have a really good idea on what is going to happen with Taser around C- American Christmas. Like, Mm -hmm. because you don't, the, the conversation around Samuel Gerard is the contract and does he belong because of that contract? It's such a beefy contract. Devontae's is going to get more than Sammy G. Sure. And we, and we, and we, the everydayers know when we went through his grade, like He is the prototypical what he provides. You can't track on the stat sheet. The leadership, his hockey IQ, it leads to points elsewhere. It leads Mm -hmm. to pluses on other members of the team, but it's not so much on his stat line. You don't want him to walk away, but I really feel like they hold on to him this season and say, hey, we believe in you. And we want you a member of this team. Work yeah. with us here. I, I feel like it's he deserves six, six and a half, maybe seven. I think
0: he'll get seven, he'll want seven minimum. <clears throat> I, mm. I think he'll he'll be that's in, that's in where it gets if yeah. he's
1: asking that that's where the trade deadline it gets very, very loud. Well, we'll say this like somewhere else will
0: give him. Probably in like Kale McCar. No, Kale McCarr is making nine. I it would not surprise me if someone if there's a team out there that wants to throw that much money at him. Wouldn't surprise me at all. <clears throat> the Avalanche seem to be a team who, when they're renegotiating renegotiating with their own players, tries to get like the the hometown discount sometimes, um, and it's burned them. It's yeah. burned them uh, quite a few times. recently, you know, uh, nathan uh, not Nathan. Yeah, right. nazim Kadri, nazim Kadri, Grubauer. It yep. did. Uh, Darcy Kemper. It did. Like so. So they try to keep these guys with a little lower number, and those guys say, "No, I'm going to go somewhere else and make more." Fine. Um, and you want to say like, "Oh, Taves would be maybe he's the guy that does stick around for a little bit lower." But my guess is it, yeah, he he he's gonna want at least seven from the Avs. at least, <clears throat> and they got to find a, a, may, a way to make that work. Is this the the Sammy G death now? Maybe that's down the road, but um, it's it's gonna be tough to maneuver all this around and bring back uh, Gabe Landeskog if he's coming back and his seven million hitting the books as well. So it, it it's just. It is what it is right now. But as far as you know, the, the question that he asked, do they trade him? Right now, I'm going to say no. No. And and it would be dependent on how the season goes. Um, but I, I don't think the Avalanche are going to be one of those teams that, like I said, are scratching and clawing to try to get into a playoff spot. I think they will get there pretty comfortably. And because of that, they're, they're going to feel like, hey, you don't have to be the clear cut best team in the league to win a Stanley cup. You just have to be playing well and be comfortable with how you're playing heading into the playoffs. And if the abs are doing that, they're not going to trade them.
1: Yeah, if and, they're and, sitting and, and they, in third and fourth in the central mm-hmm. when, around Christmas, new years, that conversation might be had. I mean, it might be had, but you you would still hang on to him until
0: the trade deadline in March. You're not going to make that move now there's no there's no point in doing that in in november or december it becomes uh, more
1: you can you could kind of understand and this isn't like a brandon saw situation where you're like ah oh, why did not why did we not keep him why right. did, it's it's more of you understand what's about to happen well, about that time
0: yeah but look what the Evs have done in the past couple of years in january and february very valid point they turn it up yeah. so we'll we'll it's going to be a fascinating watch. Yeah. Really, it's going to be a fascinating watch. Uh, I think we're in agreement that they didn't really, they're not really going to trade him, but it's do they, do they, do they extend him? And like I said in the beginning, do they extend him the moment they can or around when they can, when they can, are able to do that and know that they're heading into the next offseason, they're already going to be over the cap. Yeah. And then make deals, it's kind of counterproductive in how the Avalanche do business. They're not going to go way over the cap and then do, they're not going to do like Tampa Bay and then sign these guys and then f- make all these moves to get under the cap. Yeah. That would be the opposite of how they normally do business because they normally just get under the cap and then start signing guys till they go up to where they are. Yeah. I don't know, man. Like Colorado,
1: like, they put a team together, they don't sculpt a team out of a mass of money. Mm. and they just shade away to get under the cap, they put a team together and make it work. Go up
0: to the cap. Right. Right. So would they do the opposite? We'll have to say. I don't know. All right. Uh, More questions to come, including that uh, Miko and Mac question. But first, we're going to hear from our friends over at FanDuel. You can take your first swing at betting Major League Baseball over at FanDuel. You can get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets back up to $200. That's right. You can bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. And that $200 you can spend on everything from the money line to the over under to who you think is going to hit the first home run. What else we got? first
1: triple play of the
0: season, you know, at Atlanta there Braves. There you go, man. Yeah. I well I mean, there's triple plays are not like every team gets one. No. So, that uh, would have that would have been a nice workout. <laughs> Ooh. I wonder if you can bet that over at Fan. I I'm I'm sure that is a very high number. Yeah. But man, if you put some scratch down on a triple play, you, you might be fat stacks, my man. Yeah fat stacks you can do this all on an app that's safe secure and super easy to use plus when you win you can get paid instantly there's no better place to bet on major league baseball than fanduel america's number one sports book so sign up today and visit fanduel.com locked on to get up to 200 in bonus bets that's fanduel.com locked on fanduel is the official partner of major league baseball all right, a uh, couple questions over by our uh, subtext crowd. And uh, we'll start with our, our good friend Vargar, who he gave us a multiple choice here, Kyle. So he says, What is more likely? Miko gets 60 goals, Makar gets 100 points, Kovalenko is in the top six come playoff time, or Malinsky ends the season with the fifth most ice time. Uh, average among defenders. I love that question. That 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 is a a thought provoking question. It's not just throwing out like your basic stuff. Those ones on the bottom there, C and D are are. are I like how you threw those in there. So, I mean, you could say like all of these could happen, but what is the most likely to happen? Let me know if you need them again too.
1: No, I I really. I feel like going into this year, Miko right. Ranton getting sixty is a no-brainer. no
0: brainer. No, I don't think. I don't think you can say getting sixty by anybody is a no brainer. I just Connor McDavid included. Oh, that is a tough number to achieve, man. That is
1: tough. I think sixty. Ooh. Kale McCarr getting one hundred. It's going to happen. Yeah, but I don't think it would be this upcoming year kovalenko in the top six but it's one of those like you're grading off potential and mm-hmm. the abs wouldn't have made all the moves they have with like mileswood Rijo to get to bring in a kovalenko to the top mm-hmm. six like there's a lot of names up there okay that's a serious and malinsky that one entertain like i've that's fun i've really been thinking about that one <laughs> and I just feel like out of all of those that Miko getting sixty is just the easiest to do. Really, I do. Wow.
0: See, that's where we differ. I, I just sixty is just so tough. I mean, doesn't happen a lot. Does not happen a lot in, in today's game, even though the points are thrown all over the place. Sixty goals is tough. Um, I I am so dead set on on Kale McCarr getting hundred points this year. Really. I I have that like in the bank. I I just feel like this is a year. Of course, it's all based on health, Um, but I do. I am really confident that he can get that hundred point mark. I think he wants to. I think he wants to get it. I think like uh, you know, like Jack Nicholson and in uh, a few good men. I think he wants
1: to say it. I think Uh, it's it's like Nathan McKinnon when he was chasing one hundred.
0: Yeah, and some people think like, oh, they don't care about that. They care about it. I do. Trust me, they care about it. Like, it's not the number one thing on their list, but they want that to happen. And when a defender, uh, where it doesn't happen all that much either, like he's got the opportunity to do it, uh, I think he wants to. Kovalenko um, in the top six? I don't think so. I just don't think he's going to have enough, you know, as many games under his belt when he joins to be thrown in the top six. Come playoff time, that's a that's a lot to throw on him. So I don't think that happens. Um, and Malinsky ending the season with the fifth most ice time. I mean, obviously McCarr would be above him, Taves would be above him, Byron would be above him, uh, Sammy G would be above him. Uh, you got
1: it's not gonna be Jack Johnson, it's not gonna, it's be, not gonna be Jack
0: Johnson, but you got Manson above him, or maybe maybe yeah, so maybe that's tough because those are five guys right there. Is he gonna play more than those? those five guys. Uh,
1: I, I, not, I can't
0: uh, see it. I can't see it happening, but I can't then, see it happy playing more than, than we're than talking City.
1: Colorado avalanche and injuries come to play. I think it that's might be one of those by default, by default there. That's how it happens. If it's by default, it's not just
0: based on play. Cause all those yeah. guys are going to get a lot, of, a lot of minutes, but he's got to pair up with somebody. Yeah. Um, And and on that last pairing, if he's playing on the last pairing, does he get more, a few more ice time? I don't know. I don't know. Good question though. Yeah. Very very good question. Um. So I'm gonna say Makar is my answer. Okay. Mike Makar is my answer, and you you're going with with Miko getting sixty.
1: I I just wow. I believe in Miko. Uh,
0: here is another question. This is from Tanya. Uh, she goes, okay. So I know. I'm in the minority and thinking that Miko makes McKinnon look good and not the other way around. But what I want to know is what is it about McKinnon that makes everyone think he's the number one all-star on the team? Because I just don't see it. I know it's not exactly a question. Well, no, that's a question. Uh, But convince me that Nate is better than Miko. So I, I kind of want to start this by saying like, well, they're not that far apart. And when you look at stats and things like that, I mean, well, they are kind of, I just want to say like the stats from last year, um, they're pretty even on a lot of the metrics where, where McKinnon excelled last year was the five on five,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: five on five He was number one in the league and it really wasn't even close for five on five. Um, but Miko's no slouch, and and I, but she's right in, in a sense where you know Nathan McKinnon does get a lot of the notoriety over someone like like Miko, and and that I think is because of style of play. Nathan McKinnon is just the bull in the china shop. His speed, you know, speed sells. He, he, he <laughs> that's just fun to watch. That jumps off the screen a lot of what Miko Miko just kind of goes about his business. So it's not like you know, he he does like the finer things perfectly where Nathan McKinnon will make mistakes all game long because he's just sometimes going too fast. But people see that and it's like, here he comes and you get like, oh, on the edge of your seat. And then maybe he'll screw up and you're like, oh, but that was fun to watch for those 10 seconds. And he'll do that a lot. And then when he does capitalize on those plays, they're just highlight real plays. Um, so it's a little bit twofold. It's that. And the numbers kind of support both of them for being the top three players on this team. Um, and I'll get to some of them here. I brought up uh, kind of like metrics, but I know you're a Miko guy. You didn't necessarily disagree with her, right?
1: Not at all. And it's honestly, I no everybody relax. I can hear the keys. Everybody relax. Mm-hmm. I do like Miko more than I do Ethan McKinnon, but last season especially just proved the point that they are basically the same caliber hockey player because Mm -hmm. honestly like this is if you have a screw and you're trying to put it into a piece of wood you can use a screwdriver that's nathan mckinnon fine precise exactly what you need miko rantanen is a hammer i can hammer a screw into a piece of wood (laughs) takes a little more effort but i can get the job done the exact same way miko is that Lumbering, bumpering, like he gets it done. He's he's always that first guy on the forecheck. He's always digging pucks out of the corner. He's assisting Kale McCarr and Nathan McKinnon. Nathan McKinnon does the highlight things. He's got that just that hockey crazy. He's a hockey robot. Like Mm -hmm. he lives and trains and breathes hockey. Miko's just like naturally gifted and he's just like cool, calm, collected. And then he'll blow his top. He's emotional. It's but they're both the same caliber player. They're both sure. over a hundred points last year. Like both caliber players that you could build a team around.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So um and for they, for... they do
1: the same, they make each other look good in different aspects.
0: And I think Nathan McGinnis just maybe on a little, little bit higher level is is more of a scoring machine than than Miko is. Not to say Miko's not at all. Um, but when it comes to points per 60, um, Miko Rantanen 3.46, that's great. Mm -hmm. That's great. So that that's per 60 minutes. He plays not 60 minutes of a game per 60 minutes of, of when he is on the ice, he's scoring almost three and a half points a game or per 60, I should say. That's great. Nathan McKinnon is at 4.2. That was last year, obviously. So, you know, that's where Nathan McKinnon, I think, because when he scores, he, he kind of scores in bunches. Um, where So his, but however, Miko's goals per 60 was higher than Nathan McKinnon. Miko's at 1.81, while Nathan McKinnon's at 1.59. So obviously, Nathan had a higher assists per 60, which was 2.61, compared to Miko's 1.65. Um, then the other thing that Nathan McKinnon does very well is draw penalties. When you have that much (laughs) speed, um, guys are kind of terrified and they will commit stupid penalties. So while his, his, uh, penalty differ, his penalty minute differential, uh, was a minus 32. So he only had 30 minutes of penalties while he drew 62. You want to know what Nico's was? All day
1: long. What's that? I said, Miko will create penalties all day long,
0: and he will take them too. and and though though that series where he that series of games where he was just not in his right mind hurt him here because he wasn't he was a perfect zero in penalty minute differential. He drew sixty two minutes and he committed sixty two minutes
1: insert so, your Thanos meme here.
0: yeah,
1: <laughs> perfectly balanced.
0: um,
1: so yeah,.
0: I, You want to go, and there's just tons of numbers that you can go through. As and again, I'm just going through last years, Uh, but over the course of their their careers, yeah, I think that's where where Nathan McKinnon people kind of lean towards it because Miko's really come on as of late, Um, especially last year, where Nathan McKinnon has kind of been that name for a few more years. So if you're in the know and if you're following this team, Miko's always been there. He hasn't had a chance to put it on display until last year. Where Nathan McKinnon's been putting it on display for a handful of years now, really since it was rookie season. Um, So is it a little bit unfair? I think in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, but um, they're not that far apart. I don't think they're that far apart. Nathan McKinnon just makes it look good. And ma- I'll say this, Nathan McKinnon makes it look good while Miko Rantanen makes it look easy.
1: Yeah, exactly. The Perfect. Perfect yeah. way to put it. And Miko was the highest payer paid player on the team until this until this until now
0: exactly yep uh we got one more from the subtext people this is an interesting one kyle um i'm sorry i don't have their name where is it okay so uh i said the question won't fit on instagram do you guys think the two underlying problems of growing volleyball and hockey would be the high average cost to play at a competitive level and that each predominantly have one gender playing more than the other. Uh, I thought it was interesting to throw volleyball in this question, so I kind of followed up and I'm like, you got to educate me on the volleyball thing because the only time I watch it is when the Olympics come around. Um, and they said it, it, the cost of a travel team is upwards of five to $10,000 per season. So, yeah, because when you think of volleyball, you don't really think of, like, the equipment's not all that much. It's a shorts, T-shirt, yeah. sneakers, and a ball. Uh, but the travel's where it gets you. For hockey, that's never going away. The, the cost of, of hockey is, is always going to be one of the highest in any sport, and that's just the nature of
1: the beast. For volleyball, I did find it interesting. but um, You could spend five it, to $10,000 on goalie pads in a season.
0: Yeah. I've never been a goalie, so uh, I can't imagine how much they cost. Oh, it's, it's crazy, extravagant. Um, but I, the the one thing where I push back a little bit was I think I think hockey, uh, the the female, uh, like incorporating females into the game, I think is at an all time high right now. And yes. I know the and take this for what it's worth, the NHL did a a survey, and four out of ten um fans of the NHL are women. So it's almost split down the middle. It's 40% to 60% female to male. And you see it in the leagues, now they're all getting bought up by one league now, but uh, that's a different story. Yeah. But it is like I think I think the women's game in hockey is is definitely definitely growing. I can't speak for volleyball, but for hockey it's definitely growing.
1: Yeah, the women's game in hockey is was is it's very strong. Mm-hmm. We'll find out what happens with this new league that's forming. But, and when it comes to fandom, like honestly, it's one of the more entertaining sports wire to wire. It's not boring. So it's hard to not be entertained by the game and just have a wide demographic when it comes to fans. It's an enjoyable sport. The cost of the sport is just way too much and it's a problem. And you see teams like the Dallas Stars and Every team's got their little, their program where they're kind of funding hockey equipment and bringing kids up through the ranks and yeah. kind of growing and teaching the game that way. But the cost of hockey is always going to be the number one barrier. But I think out of, I, I don't think this is extravagant to say about of all the professional sports, I think women's hockey is the more prevalent one just because of the athletes that the game has. Yeah, I mean,
0: I think the two or the, you know the one you got the WNBA which has been in existence for yeah. decades now so they're obviously but they have the backing of the NBA right so like you'd like to see the NHL step up and back some women's league <coughs> um,
1: both had representation uh, in their respective video games this year That's the true the NBA yeah. 2K series and the NHL series both yeah. had the women represented
0: now where I would have uh, you know replaced hockey within the question would be for baseball or softball. Yeah. I would love a professional softball. Oh. League. It's long overdue. Oh my god, like that sport like when when the college softball world series comes on, that is excellent to watch. That's yeah. some good baseball right there. Um so I that that would be interesting to get something like that going professionally, but for one reason or another hasn't happened. I don't know. Um but I thought it was interesting to throw the volleyball in there, so yeah. Cool. Um, and the last thing we want to get to is I got a couple questions on the, the abs window. Um, a couple people asked it, you know, how many years left in the abs cup window? Um, assuming health, can you see the team winning the cup within the next three years? Should the abs move some prospects, draft picks to go all in during this three to four year window? Um, I think Avalanche fans may be panicking a little bit too much and thinking that their window is closing. So, and this kind of goes to like you know we were talking about with the Devontae thing and trading him. Um, you don't have to be, and I said it then, you don't have to be the cream of the crop to feel like you can go in uh, for for a for a season to go into the postseason and say like this is our chance to win it like you just got to make it to the playoffs and and you have a shot talk to the Florida Panthers about that right <clears throat> but the avalanche like they have a good team and i i think fans maybe were got a, got a little bit spoiled with that one year that they had when they won the cup and just plowed through the playoffs that doesn't happen a lot that really will go down as as one of the better teams of the last 10 years plus They lost four games in the playoffs like that. You don't see that. So I don't think this avalanche window is really closing. I think it's going to be a little bit more difficult, but that doesn't mean they can't do it. So as far as a window, I mean, when you, again, we've said this how many times, Kyle, when you have Kale McCarr, when you have Nathan McKinnon, when you have Miko Rantanen, who knows what you're going to get with Gabe Landis. comes back. Now you have Arturi Lakin. It like, your nucleus, will ki- your nucleus will keep this window open for a handful of seasons. I don't know, five, six years, maybe more, maybe more. But it doesn't mean you're going to be the best team in the league every single year heading into the playoffs. You are going to be towards the top, and that's really enough. That really keeps your window open because once these NHL playoffs come around, it's a fair
1: game. It's funny that we are three to four injuries away last year from talking about back-to-back cups, mm-hmm. And now we are talking about is the window closing?
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. After bringing in the crop of talent they did just this offseason, I think the Avs are in a good position, and I think they're going to be in an even better position after this year. And you know what? I think after next year they're going to be even better positioned. So this this Colorado Avalanche thing, I have a great feeling, confident feeling. They're going to be around for quite some time.
0: Yeah. And and the question health, you know, consi- you know keeping yourself healthy obviously is always the most important thing. Can they win one in the next 3 or 4 years? They can win they can win this year. Exactly. Absolutely they can win it in the next 3 or 4 years. Like I said before, it is not going to be easy. You are not going to be uh, you're, you're not going to run away with the division. You're not going to run away with the conference. That usually never happens anyway in hockey. Yep. But um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm not concerned about this window kind of drying up for the, the avalanche right now. So, although I'm sure there are some people who disagree, feel free to comment away because
1: it's uh, going to be all right. <laughs> yeah. So uh,
0: having said that, we're going to wrap it up for today uh, meeting up our good friend jack bushman from locked on chicago blackhawks that's where our uh, summer road trip will take us for friday's episode so be sure to tune in to that for this one thank you for making it your first listen of the day that's always appreciated uh so we will check you guys out on friday he is mr shaggy van doom kyle sullivan i am chris maselli this is the locked on avalanche podcast see you guys on friday Oh Go! Go!